appreciate that people are blessed to receive. Uh, one in which many people were blessed. I've been blessed to preach it, and people are blessed to receive it. But we've been, we began teaching on this series last week uh, titled Not Alone. And the reality is this. Uh, we, we talked really quick last week on how, listen, the very foundation of friendship, we find it in the book of Genesis where God goes on ahead and he creates everything. He creates man, and he realizes, wait a minute, it is not good for man to be alone. We were created to be in friendship, genuine connections, which helps us to go on ahead and be better. And the church, as I mentioned last week, and I mentioned again, the church should be a place where spiritual friendships can not only grow, but it should be a place where spiritual friendships can thrive, especially thinking about our spiritual lives with Jesus. We need others to be walking with us. Because a relationship with Jesus means that we have a relationship with his family. To have a relationship with Jesus means that we need to be able to have relationships with his family. Sometimes we think about, man, I just cannot get along with that person. Listen, before you say that, say, this is a son or a daughter of the same God in which I serve. How do we navigate friendships then? Because friendships aren't easy. Because it's a relationship. Relationships aren't easy, right? Marriages aren't easy. Friendships aren't easy. Church is not easy because it's relational. Friendship doesn't come with a manual. You know how we always talk about man? When I I was pregnant, not me, but, you know, when my wife was pregnant, we didn't say, hey, where's the manual? There's books, but where's the manual to deal with my child? But thankfully, thankfully, the, the book of Proverbs, in the Bible, gives us a lot of direction on how it is that we can develop good, godly friendships. The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's all about wisdom for life. The book of Proverbs helps people to discern how to navigate through things in a way that honors the Lord, and it moves us, it moves us to holiness. Proverbs is a good, good, good book to begin to read, not just to read, but to begin to apply it and let it minister to our hearts. One of the topics, one of the topics that the book of Proverbs deals with often is friendships. If you read the book of Proverbs, it doesn't take you long to begin to see a good theme of friendship in this book. And these passages give us great practical principles on how to navigate through friendships wisely. Today is going to be a pra- as practical as we can get. But at the same time, we need to be warned. Because Proverbs wants us to think deeply about the reality of who we are. And when you really look at it, each verse in the book of Proverbs and, and the verses that we're going to be talking about today, each verse is like a scaffold cut. It's like a cut to your heart opening up the outer shells and causing the inner reality to be exposed. When we we read the Bible, not just in the book of Proverbs, but when we read the Bible, we need to read the Bible not just to learn what it says, not just so we can see how they should be acting, but we should be reading the Bible so that we can can begin to analyze our hearts. You know how the song was saying, my heart needs a surgeon? Well, that just doesn't just happen by worshiping God with lips. God can begin to work in your heart as a surgeon as you begin to read 
the very, into, into very depth the word of God. As you begin to see, you get corrected. That's fine. You're going to read the word of God sometimes. You're going to be like, ow, that doesn't feel good. That's good because God is working in you. You'll be encouraged. That's good because God is working in you. The book of Proverbs, as we read them, they're not just meant to be inspirational words that we hang up on walls. To follow God is to be holy, as the Bible says, he is holy. And if we just think about the book of Proverbs as little principles that can be inspired, that we can use to inspire us, or that we can use to motivate us, uh, then we're going to really miss the point of what the book of Proverbs is all about. But if we read these words, and if we sit with them for a while, we allow them to, 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 to really begin to challenge us, to really begin to expose us, then we are able to help. They're able to help us to be holy just the way our God is holy. And what is an important thing, to be honest, what great thing to be honest about and genuine about and critical about than how to navigate friendships, the friends that we have how to engage the friendships that we have, and how is it that we can be a good friend. In this sermon today, what I've done is we've taken different passages from the book of Proverbs, and we've kind of put them together, the ones in which talk about friendships, and we've grouped them together so we can see how it is that we can navigate friendships wisely. And the first one that, that I want us to uh, take note of or think about is that we need to be wise in who we build deep friendships with. Be wise in who you build deep friendships with. You see, we see various moments in the book of Proverbs where we're asked, hey, who are you hanging out with? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Let me read that again. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Listen, you really can't get any more blunter than that, can you? Over the last year, we've heard so much about COVID-19 being so contagious, right? It was contagious enough that it shut down the whole world. How COVID-19 spreads from one person to another. Well, listen, what Proverbs tells us is that character is just as contagious. So what are your good friends' friends? Are you catching stupid and foolishness? Or are you catching wisdom and holiness? The people that we develop friendships with, these need to be the people that we are going to spread godliness, that are going to spread godliness into our lives and not foolishness. We really need to take, a, take the words of Proverbs and begin to apply them in our lives and say, man, who is it that I'm hanging out with? Yeah, it could be good times, fun, we have laughter, but man, are, are they really just really speaking foolishness into my life or are they giving me wisdom? This is where Proverbs begins to cut deep. If we allow it to, if we allow it to, it cuts deep because we need to be able to ask ourselves based on this text, what am I catching from my friends? What am I catching from my friends? 
during COVID-19. We're real careful about having, catching COVID-19. Well, listen, Scripture tells us that we need to be just as careful with, 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 with what we're catching from the people that we're hanging out with when it comes to character-based, when it comes to what they're pouring into us, what we're pouring into them. We need to be very careful. We need to be walking around with our masks and shielding ourselves and guiding us from foolishness. What do they spread when they, when they speak into your life? That's why sometimes when I tell you, go out ahead and seek counsel. Get advice from friends. But listen, you got to be careful who these friends are because based on who they are, what they believe is the counsel in which you're going to be receiving. The same idea is repeated in Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. It says this, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with anyone easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Pretty much saying, again, talking about contagiously, right? You start hanging around with someone that maybe is so hot-tempered, they're always getting hot-tempered, and you're just hanging out with them. The Bible says that, listen, you got to be very careful because that may begin to spread to you. Has that ever happened? I know it happens many times. You know, I've been, listen, I've been a teenager. I've been a, I've been, I've been a youth pastor. And I, and I know, I know the saying, you know, I'm not, if anyone's in relationships right now, but I, I've heard the saying, listen, listen, but it's that I, I love him. Oh, listen, it's that, it's that I love her. And yeah, you know what? All right, does, does she go to church? Does she love Jesus? Yeah, you know what? She believes in Jesus Christ, you know, or he believes in Jesus. But, you know, they're just not living that way. But, 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 but you know what? I believe that I'm going to be able to help change him. I'm going to change him. I'm going to make him. I'm going to make him fall in love with Jesus. Listen, that may happen. May happen. But according to scriptures, we see that that, that sometimes what happens and what I've seen is that you begin to get away from 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 chasing Jesus, and you're more towards chasing that person. That before you know, you're both lost. We have to be careful who we are surrounding ourselves with. When I talk to my kids about that, I said, listen. They better love Jesus more than they love you. If they don't, then don't even bother bringing them home from church. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 7 says, Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. You see, someone characterized by anger spreads anger. Someone who lives without constraint is going to be spreading disgrace in their life. Someone who's living foolish, what do they do? They spread foolishness. In the New Testament, it explains it perfectly in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, do not be misled. What does it say? Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrects good character. But remember... Remember this, church, and that's that Proverbs, it cuts deep, and it forces us to consider our pursuit of living holy. Ask yourself this question, church. Do the people that I allow into the deepest parts of my life, do, are they influencing it for godliness? That's what the, the Bible's for. You read the Bible, and you apply it to your life. Are the people in which you are allowing into the deepest parts of your life, are they influencing godliness into your life? Because if the answer is no, we've got to be very, very careful. I do want to clarify, though, 
this concept doesn't mean that we need to avoid people who don't love Jesus. That's, that's, that's absolutely contradicts what the gospel is all about, right? We need to be chasing after the people that don't love Jesus. We're talking about who we are investing in, who we're opening up our hearts to, who we're letting into the deepest, most profound parts of our life who are going to have an influence in us. That's what we need to be careful with. The idea of this is not to isolate from humanity. Remember, when I pray before we always, uh, before we leave the church, I always say, remember that God has called us to be the salt of the earth. He's called us to be the light of the world. He did not call us to blend in. He's called us to stand out. When we begin blending in a little bit too much, we get too comfortable, and that's where we get in trouble. Because then where's the power of the gospel? Because it's not being shown in your life, because you're just cruising along with everyone else. Proverbs chapter 4, 23 says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And one of the ways that we guard our hearts is by being responsible who, for who we're allowing to speak into us, all right? One of the ways in which we guard our hearts is by being responsible for who we are allowing to speak into. And this is an important thing to think about, especially when we're getting to the area uh, of dating or any type of other intimacy. We need to have people who can spread holiness into our lives. And that's where the idea hits home. The response to this isn't, well, I'm not going to let anyone in. That's not what we're saying. The response needs to be is, I need people in my life that can catch holiness from me and which that I can go on ahead and pour in the love of Jesus and they can go on ahead and pour in the love of Jesus into me as well. And this is why. This is why relationships in our church family are so important. Because if you're not getting it from here, where are you getting it? And when I say church family, not just inside of the building of the four walls here at Mount Claire, the church family of God. We need to be spreading, people that are spreading holiness and the love of God to one another. That's why, that's why small groups, life groups, that's why they're so good. That's why they're so important because you got small groups of people that are meeting together, that are sharing their heart, that are letting people know what they're going through, what they can pray for. That's why we here at New Life consider that so important. It's very, very vital, very important. And so whenever we have these opportunities pop in, listen, I encourage you, go on ahead and run to those groups. Be a part of them because that's where community gets built. That's where encouragement happens. When you're apart from that, then you are apart from the structure in which is designed to create and to nurture community. Which one of those questions land with you? These next questions that I'm going to ask you land with you, maybe both of them. But do you need to reevaluate who you are connecting with on the deepest level? Because I'll tell you one thing, if you're really connecting some, with someone in a real deep level, that takes time. That takes time out of your day. That takes energy. And so if that real deep connection that you're making is not one in which is pouring in holiness, in which is pouring in some good stuff into you, then you need to reevaluate that. Do you need to prioritize making the effort to connect with people who love Jesus? Say, listen, this relationship is good, and I can keep it, but I can't get any deeper with it because besides being friends and checking in on each other, that's where it stops. 
I need to also get connected more deeper into a relationship which is going to be able to give me all what the others are, but also be able to instill with me the walk of Jesus Christ. As we look into the book of Proverbs on how to navigate friendships wisely, not only are we to be wise in who we build deep friendships with, but we also need to be, we need to avoid stepping on the minds in which can ruin a friendship. Avoid stepping on the minds which can ruin a friendship. Along with showing us the type of people that we need to build good friendships with. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs also gives us wisdom. It gives us wisdom. Once again, it's a wisdom book on how to protect those friends. The Bible covers it all. It just doesn't tell you, you know, how you need to be, but it tells you how to nurture it. You know, in, in Israel, during the 1950s and the 1960s, there were 1.2 million landmines that were laid in a 50,000-acre area. That's a whole lot of landmines. A lot of the effort has happened over the last couple decades to go on ahead and clear all of those remaining landmines, but can you believe that they, they still have not all actually been recovered? There's still a lot there currently to, to, the, to this day. And so when you drive through, uh, through the region in which this is happening or, or, or where it had occurred, you see real big bright signs. You know, for us, we see, hey, big sign that says, be careful, kids are playing, or, or stop sign, or be careful because deers are crossing from time to time. Over there, they have bright signs which have a big, clear warning, and it says, danger, don't come over here. Now, that's pretty plain and simple. Danger, don't, get up, don't go over there, right? Proverbs, the book of Proverbs does the same thing. The book of Proverbs does the same thing with friendship by holding up many, many warning signs. And, and I'm going to hold up a couple of these warning signs for you today. And the first one, it says, warning, don't gossip. Warning, don't gossip. We're talking about now keeping a friendship, keeping a friendship. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28 says this, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close Friends. Some of you guys say, man, I didn't know all this good stuff was in the Bible. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. For some, talking about people who aren't around is like a form of entertainment. Uh, my wife's grandmother, she would say when, whenever there was some gossip going around, she'd be like, hey, Radio Bemba informando. It's like a form of entertainment for some people. I, I, I really wouldn't want to translate that. I probably can't. But. but for some of us, it's like if we're creating our own talk show, right, our own private talk show uh, with panels for our own personal enjoyment. But when that conversation gets back to the friend in which you were talking about, because believe me, sooner or later it will, it's over. I, I, I could probably tell how many friendships here have been ended uh, and throughout the whole span. I'm talking about even when you're in grade school, high school, whatever. How many friendships were ended because, because you found out, hey, there, there was some gossip going on about you? 
Or maybe, maybe you were the one that were gossiping and you realized that and the friendship ended over. Listen up, church. Listen. If someone, listen to, and this is very, very simple advice. If you want to know if you're gossiping or not, listen. If someone is not around, we should only say positive things about them. If someone is not around, we should only say positive things about them. And anything that is negative should be taken to them directly. That's how you protect yourself from, from falling into the, into the trap of gossip. And that's how you actually help the person that is coming to you with the gossip if they want it. I remember one time someone came to me and they said, hey, yeah, I don't know, you know, this person's acting real weird around me. They don't come to me. If I go by them, they leave. I said, listen, hold on, right there, stop right there. What, I, what I'm going to challenge you before you tell me anymore, I want you to go to that person in which you are feeling like, 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 like there's something off, there's something wrong. You know, I didn't want that person to continue to just pour out his heart to me on why everything was wrong with the other person. But I wanted to challenge that person to go to the person in which they felt that there was a conflict and begin to resolve it themselves. And I said, once you do that, if you still need my help, you can come to me and we'll, take, we'll, we'll work on it together. I tell people, if, if, if the information that you're giving me about someone, if there's nothing that I can do to resolve it, then stop. Go to the person directly because that's the only way it's going to be resolved. Amen? The next warning sign. Warning, remove bitterness. Warning, remove bitterness. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 says, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close. See, to have a friendship means that, listen, to have friendship means that we're going to hurt one another. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I've heard it said to me from a previous pastor, and I say to, today as a pastor to you, listen, I'm a human being. There's going to be things that you don't agree with. There's going to be things that are going to offend you. I'm not always going to make you feel good. But guess what? Neither are you to me. Why? Because we're humans. Tell me. One relationship, specifically if you're married, that marriage that you value so much, has there always been perfection or has there been disagreements? So it is inevitable that we're going to hurt one another. From time to time, my wife may feel that I hurt her, even though I had no intention in doing so. But we've got to work on it. It's a relationship. We have expectations. We, 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 we lack, right? So that's going to happen. So that's why this warning is important because we need to keep bringing up, when we keep bringing up something rather than forgiving, what happens is that begins to destroy. That's why we need to, we need to nip it in the bud right away when there's something, especially if you're in a relationship and maybe a friendship or marriage, whatever the case is, if something keeps bringing, brought, being brought up, brought up, even though it's happened four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, come on, guys, you know that I'm not the only one, that sometimes these things jump out of the treasure chest in which we thought that we buried it deep down into. What happens is when we leave things buried in, instead of sharing it, expressing it, going to the person in which we have felt offended by, it becomes bitterness. This warning complements 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, when it talks about love. What is love? One of the things that, that that passage talks about is that love keeps no records of wrong. Sometimes that's one that we're quick to throw. Hey, man, but it, hey, 
the Bible says, you know, love keeps no record of wrong. So why are you keeping this against me? Well, just make sure that you're not keeping anything against anyone as well. The next warning, the next warning that we see here in the book of Proverbs is warning, don't delay care. Warning, don't delay care. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 28 through 29, it says this. Don't say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. That's something that I got to work at sometimes as a parent. You know, one of the kids say, Dad, can you do whatever I can do it right now? But it just made him tired. So, hey, Proverbs cuts deep, man. It's cutting me deep, too. You know, just think about this, right? If someone is struggling in a pool and they're reaching out because they feel like they're drowning and they're yelling out to us, help me, help me, help me. Listen, what Proverbs is saying, you can't say to them, oh, hold on, just give me a minute. Now, if you don't know how to swim, I get it. But although I will say there have been some courageous people that also didn't know how to swim who have died trying to save someone else who was drowning. Let that be an example to us. But we can't say, hold on, give me a minute when our friends need us. We can't procrastinate on helping them. It's one thing to not be able to help them, but it's another that if we can help them, but we're putting it off because this today for us is not a good day. We just got to be careful. We got to be alert. If we can help someone, we have the ability, we have the availability, then help right then and there. And the other warning is warning, don't be flippant. Now, flippant is to be disrespectful or to be not serious. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 26, verses 18 through 19, it says, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. I was, I was laughing when I read this proverb. Like a maniac shooting flame, flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. Don't be a friend like that. Listen, I was looking up different ways to explain the word uh, flipping. There's a couple ones that I just can't say from the altar, but don't, don't be a smart aleck. You know, watch your mouth. Don't be a smart mouth. Because for some people, that's their personality, but you may be speaking to someone that doesn't receive that really well. You got to be very, very careful. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12 says, whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Be very, very careful on how we use our tongue. Again, we can have that personality that we feel like, we, you know, we, we're just always joking around, right? We say, you know, some of the Puerto Ricans say, uh, you know, he's a charlatan, you know? It's like you're just, just always laughing, joking around. But sometimes what happens is that we say things and they, 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 they're really, they can be offensive to the other person who's receiving it. Book of Proverbs warns us not to be like this, not to be flippant with our words. The book of Proverbs tells us, listen, we need to take how we talk very, very seriously. This is not just with friendships. This is how we talk in our relationships with our, with our spouses, how we speak to our children. You, you know, you can say the same message with two different tones, and both of those go on ahead and really, you know, hit the heart of a child a different way. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk 
come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We have to be careful with the words and that what, what, what we use. In other words, when you're about to speak to someone, ask yourself, and I get it. I get it. Sometimes you, you get an email. Sometimes you get a phone call. Whatever the case is, and right away you're like, man, I don't, I, this is the way I'm going to respond to this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let them know what's in my heart right now. Listen, we need to be very, very careful. As we find in the book of uh, Proverbs, we learn wisdom. And, and here in Ephesians, you got to know, listen, what I am about to say, is it going to tear someone down or is it going to build them up? Now, I just, I just don't mean that you're going to just give people rah-rah news all the time. There's going to be times, and we're going to talk about it here, that you're going to have to be firm with someone. You're going to have to really tell someone something that they don't really necessarily want to hear. But again, how are you relaying the message? How are you using that wonderful gift that God gave you that gets us in so much trouble called the tongue? We need to hear these warnings. But we also need to allow Proverbs to cut deep into us. This is where you have to come back to these, and, and, and you got to sit with these verses, sit down. And you open up the book of Proverbs. They don't even have to be just these. We're focusing on this because we're talking about friendship. But open it up and begin to read it and think about it and let it cut deep inside your soul. Not thinking about how others need to be, but asking God, God, reveal myself into these words that you are saying. What moments come to mind when we see these warnings? What moments come to mind when we see these, uh, you know, maybe we think about certain interactions in which we had? What comes to mind maybe when we think about certain faces that pop up into our minds while we are reading these passages? Are there, are, are there mines, landmines that, that I've stepped on that I need to go back and I need to make right? Because some of us, we, we're careless. We, we're, we're, we're walking through life and we're stepping on landmines. We're blowing things up. We're blowing up relationships. We're blowing up all these type of things. And we know it and we realize, but we keep walking forward. Let the book of Proverbs and these words, let them be a reflection to us. Let them cut our hearts and let us say, man, I've stepped on a couple, uh, a couple landmines that I need to turn back and I need to fix. I need to fix. Are there adjustments that I need to make or help that I need to avoid stepping into these landmines? It's one thing for friendship to change because of the natural flow of life, right? There's some of our, our relationships have changed because maybe we've moved. Maybe someone has moved. Maybe, maybe you were great friends with someone, and, and now you barely even see them, if ever, because now, guess what? You're married, you have children, you have a job, you have responsibilities. There's, natural, there's a natural flow of sometimes friendships ending. I call them seasons, right? But it's another thing that, uh, that, that when friendships get destroyed because we have destroyed them. It's one, another thing when friendships end because, man, we were just stepping on landmines all over the place. Because there was things that we could have avoided, but instead, man, I really had to tell them what I felt instead of using your words the right way. Proverbs points us to the people that we need in our lives. Those who are contagious with holiness. 
And it warns us of landmines to avoid, right? It, it, it warns us, man, stay away from the, the, the landmines of gossip. Stay away from the landmines of bitterness. Stay away from the landmines of procrastination, of flippancy. The last thing that we see Proverbs also go on ahead and tell us and define to us is that not only it is how to build a friendship, but also how it is that good friends should look. The last point here is be the genuine friend that you want others to be towards you. That's not a hard ask, is it? Be a genuine friend that you want others to be towards you. It's simple. We teach this to our kids. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And that sometimes we get it because bitterness, right? Because bitterness is in our heart. We say, oh, hold on, listen, listen, I, I want to treat others the way I've been treated, but the reality is I've been treated bad, so I'm going to start to treat others bad as well. But no, how do you really want to be treated? How do you really want to be treated? Speaking on friendship from the book of Proverbs, actually this author in which I really like, Tim Keller, he gives us four marks of what a true friend looks like. These are four marks, four, in other words, four traits that a good friend should have. And the first one is consistency. Consistency. You know, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Listen, we need that type of friend. You need that type of friend in your life. That sticks close. You know, you need a friend in your life that say, man, this person is not family. He has no blood of mine, but man, is he closer to me than my own siblings. We need those. Don't be afraid of them because of maybe, hey, I don't want to get too close to someone because then it's going to replace my family. No, we need good friends like that. We need a supportive, true friend. Supportive, true friend is one who is available even during the hardest of times. Even when we begin falling apart, a real friend is faithful. A real friend is dependable. Even when caring for us is difficult, because listen, sometimes caring for us is not the easiest thing in the world. Sometimes we're not the easiest people to, hand, to, you know, to nurture, especially when we're going through some hard times in our lives. But a real friend is someone that cares for us even throughout those difficulties. A real friend is faithful. A real true friend doesn't ask, how long do I need to put up with this? The next mark of a true friendship, according to Tim Keller, is careful. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 17 says this. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and they will hate you. Man, I love the Bible. It, 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 man, it really guides us. If you allow it to guide you, it guides you. You ever heard the saying, don't overstay your welcome? It's kind of a little bit of what it's saying. You know, some of you is good. Too much, eh, you know, we might get in trouble. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 20. I, I, can, I can keep going on that, but we got to move on. Proverbs 25, 20, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. There is an emotional connection in friendship. 
To be a friend is to be emotionally sensitive towards another. More than aware of their life and their experiences. So when someone is down, you don't come in singing joyous, happy songs. Right? And, I, and this is a little bit of kind of like why we showed that video that we showed because we've, we've got partners. We've got ministry partners that are in a certain area of Chicago in which they are in a season of mourning, not just because of one incident, but because what they wake up to each and every single day. And although you can look at it and, and explain every reason why, well, that happens because it happens, we need to be Christ followers, and Christ followers got to exemplify Jesus, like Pastor Paco says. You know, we need to weep with those who are weeping. Watch our tongue. Don't say something that's out of line. Mourn with those who are mourning. You heed the warning and not be flippant. You're mindful of the time that you take up, and you're careful. You're careful. That's how we're, we're able to help continue to have and show good marks of a friendship. The third mark of a true friend, according to Tim Keller, is being candid. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs 29, 5 says, those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. Good stuff. A true friend, church, is forthcoming. A true friend speaks truth to us, even in the difficulties, even when it's difficult truth. I want, I, I want to ask, without you answering, how many, how many friendships do you have that sometimes you can sit down and have a tough conversation with? Or, 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 do you, or are your friendships more of those that kind of just, you know, you just kind of slide and you glide through those touchy subjects. You don't mention them. You don't mention them because I know that's a touchy subject, so I'm not going to ask how her marriage is because I know that's touchy. I'm not going to tell him, listen, you really need to stop doing that because that is taking you off track because that's a touchy subject. No, a good friend is going to be a friend that's going to take you together, holding your hand to those subjects, to those topics, and begin to dig deep in them. Because some of the things that we need to hear are hard. Some of the things that we need to hear are hard to hear. They're painful. You know, even if I, just, I just continue to think about the biggest relationship in my life, and that's with my wife. Sometimes, listen, when I'm falling short, I need to hear that. Because we need to be able to make adjustments. If you never tell me what is, what, that there's an issue, how Will I ever have the opportunity to fix that issue? That's why you need true friends that are going to go there, that are going to take you there. Because that's the only way you're going to get better. That's the only way you're going to be able to thrive. Now it's up to you at that point. It's up to you at that point. But even us who are going to take people there, be careful with the way you do it. Be careful with the way you communicate it. Because you can think you're doing good, and what you're saying could be true to the T. But if you communicate it in the wrong way, you've just lost. You lost. A real friend is willing to create that pain that if it means our eventual healing, growth, and faithfulness, they're willing to take us there. Proverbs 29.5 speaks the counter-cultural reality. Friendship isn't just telling what someone wants to hear. 
always saying, hey, they're okay. Because to do that is to set them up for failure. I want to tell you a quote, read to you a quote, and I think we can have it up on the screen that uh, Tim Keller says in this uh, piece here. But he says this. He says, do not notice how hard this is. Do you notice how hard this is? Carefulness and candor. Candor is, I'm telling the truth. But carefulness is, I am so emotionally connected that the painful words I'm going to tell you are going to create pain for me. This is the reason why it's so hard to be a friend. You can either be careful or just shut up. Or you can be candid and not really care. Either of those ways isn't painful, but to be a friend is constant pain because you have to be careful and candid and constant. And the last mark of a true friend is counsel. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9 says this, Perfume and incest bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. The important thing here is being able to be vulnerable, to share with a friend the things that we don't share maybe with others. It's to be open with our secrets. It's knowing someone cares. When we hear counsel, sometimes we immediately think about of a, of a counselor, right? And we do need those. We do need counselors. I'm 100% all in for, for counseling and people that need to meet with counselors to, to, to help get themselves right, to maybe open up their eyes to things that they're not seeing. But that's not the idea that Proverbs points to. Here, there is mutual sharing. It isn't just one, a one-way conversation. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, we hear a verse that many of us know, and it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In a genuine friendship, in a genuine friendship, both are being open. Both people, parties of that friendship are, are sharing. Both parties in that friendship are being vulnerable. In a general friendship, both become sharper. So in other words, when you've got a good friendship, one that you guys are pouring into each other, then you're both becoming better. And you both can speak life into each other. And you both can help, to, can help point to certain red flags so that you can both work on those things. One doesn't become sharper while the other one becomes duller. No, it's mutually affirming. It's mutually challenging. It's mutually confronting one another. If only one of you is being sharpened out of that friendship, out of that relationship, then the reality is, whether you like to hear it or not, someone is using the other person. Because it's got to be both ways. Friends are mutually transparent and supportive. And so let Proverbs, church, let these words of this book cut deep into our hearts. It's not easy to, 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 to invest in something in your life that you're going to be constantly trying to display consistency. It's not easy to always display carefulness, to always display, to, to display candor or counsel.